Hello, everyone. Welcome to the RAS Life Science Podcast Series. I'm Aditya, and I work at the RAS Life Science Consulting Group. To know more about us, please visit our company website, www.raslss.com. I hope you're enjoying our podcast series on various topics from the world of pharmaceuticals. We are quite excited about the reception and comments that we have received so far. Today's podcast is the first in the series of five episodes of From the Heart, Tying the Threads to the Evolving Body of Evidence in Heart Failure. In this first episode, we will discuss the diagnosis and treatment of heart failure. We'll also talk about the pharmaceutical innovations in the last 10 years and how they are changing the standard of care for heart failure in the clinic. With me are Preeti and Prem. They are our resident CBRM experts. Welcome, Preeti and Prem. Thanks, Aditya. Glad to be here with you today. Thank you, Aditya. Thanks for having me here today. Great. So let's get started. Why don't we start with the basics first? Preeti, maybe you can give us an introduction to the term heart failure. What does it mean? Something about symptoms? Anything that helps us orient ourselves to the term itself? Sure. So for our audience today, I'm going to try and keep this as simple and brief as possible. Uh, Now, the term heart failure may make it sound like the heart is no longer working at all and that there's nothing that can be done. But that's not quite true. Actually, heart failure means that the heart is not pumping as well as it should be. Your body depends on heart's pumping action to deliver oxygen and nutrient-rich blood to the body's cells. Now, when these cells are nourished properly, the body can function normally. When heart failure happens, the heart is weakened and it cannot supply the cells with enough blood. Now, this eventually results in common symptoms such as fatigue, shortness of breath, coughing, and everyday activities such as walking, climbing stairs, or even carrying groceries can become quite difficult. Before I talk about the types of heart failure, it is quite important to touch upon the term ejection fraction. Now, ejection fraction is a measurement of how much blood the ventricles pump out which, with each contraction. Now, for example, if an ejection fraction of 70% would mean that 70% of the total amount of blood in the left ventricle is being pushed out with each heartbeat. Now, this 70% cutoff is what we generally refer to as a normal heart functioning. Anything which is below this cutoff is referred to as heart failure. Other than the 70% cutoff, there are usually other cutoffs as well that will help us to distinguish between different types of heart failure. For example, when a patient's heart is pumping blood such that the ejection fraction is 40% or less than 40%, that patient is classified as having heart failure with reduced ejection fraction. Now, this is also sometimes referred to as systolic failure, which is when the heart is failing during the contraction phase. Second, when a patient's heart is pumping blood, such as the ejection fraction is 50% or more, in that case, the patient is classified as having heart failure with preserved ejection fraction. Again, this is also sometimes referred to as diastolic failure, which is when the heart is failing during the relaxation phase. And then finally, when the ejection fraction is between 40 and 50%, such a heart is diagnosed as heart failure with mildly reduced ejection fraction. Now, echocardiography uh, is a gold standard for measuring ejection fraction for diagnosing as well as classifying the type of heart failure. However, sometimes it may be difficult to get an echocardiography done. And in those cases, there are other methods as well. So there is a naturally occurring hormone in the blood, which is known as natriuretic peptide. Now, testing the levels of this peptide is also a reliable indicator of the presence of heart failure. Uh, This means if the natriuretic peptide levels are elevated during the test, then you can triage those patients for an echocardiogram. Thanks, Riti. 
to summarize heart failure does not mean that the heart has failed it means that the heart is failing an ejection fraction is a reliable measure of the disease and while a normal heart's ejection fraction is 70% failing heart's ejection fraction would be less than 70% so that and the disease can be broadly classified into three categories heart failure with reduced ejection fraction in which case the ejection fraction is below 40% heart failure with mildly reduced ejection fraction a condition in which the heart is pumping blood between 40 and 50% of its volume the heart failure with preserved ejection fraction a condition in which the ejection fraction would be above 50% would that be a fair summary yes great so it also segues nicely into the million dollar question which is how are we doing as it relates to heart failure treatment frame maybe you can give us a brief overview of the evolution of heart failure treatments and while you're doing that Could you also touch upon the most recent advances in treating heart failure? Thanks, Aditya. I'm glad to take this question. So, in a single line, I can confidently say that we have done remarkably well over the past three decades when it comes to research and generating evidence. We have a lot of therapies, both drug-based and device-based, and we know that these therapies can change the natural trajectory of the disease. They can make you live longer and healthier. Now, in order to appreciate today's heart failure medicines. Let's have a brief look at the history of heart failure treatments overall. In the 1970s, beta blockers were evaluated in heart failure, ushering in an era of pharmacological interventions in the management of heart failure. However, the data on survival benefits was limited. The landmark 1986 vasodilator heart failure heart failure trial or VALHEFT heralded a new era of neurohumoral interventions consisting of beta blockers. angiotensin converting enzyme inhibitors or ace inhibitors and the mineralocorticoid inhibitors it would not be an exaggeration to say that this trial changed the standard of care in the management of heart failure now during the 90s a wave of beta blocker trials in heart failure formally established the effectiveness of medicines like carvedilol metoprolol and bisoprolol in helping patients live longer in short Between the 70s and the 90s, the treatment goals evolved from symptom management to a more rational management of heart failure based on pathophysiology. Then came the angiotensin receptor blockers, or ARBs, in the management of heart failure. Drugs in this class, such as valsartan, candesartan, losartan, and others, emerged as the alternate therapy. Now, these drugs were considered as the next generation as ACE inhibitors since they went after the culprit enzyme, the angiotensin II, directly. However, while these drugs were superior to placebo, they were not better than ACE inhibitors in the management of congestive heart failure. Now, fast forward to 2015, Novartis introduced Entresto, which is an angiotensin neprilysin inhibitor, or ARNI for short, in heart failure. This molecule was a clever combination of valsartan and angiotensin receptor blocker with sacubitril a neprilysin inhibitor. The benefit of combining an angiotensin receptor blocker with a neprilysin inhibitor was excellent. The paradigm HF study was stopped early due to the extraordinary efficacy seen in the patients who were given entresto versus those who were given enalapril which is an ACE inhibitor. the incremental efficacy meant that heart failure patients with reduced ejection fraction who were given entresto were more likely to be alive and less likely to have been hospitalized for heart failure than those who were given enalapril so entresto which was approved by the fda in 2015 for hf ref or heart failure with reduced ejection fraction 
is currently the standard of care and one of the foundational therapies in the management of heart failure. In the recent years, new classes of drugs have also come to the market. Some of these are the SGLT2 inhibitors, the soluble guanylate cyclase modulators or the SCC modulators. Then we also have the cardiac myosin stimulants and some non-steroidal mineralocorticoid receptor antagonists. Overall, a very exciting phase in research, development, and the practice of treating patients in heart failure. Thank you, Prem, for walking us through the last 50 years, spanning beta blockers, then ACE inhibitors, then angiotensin receptor blockers, ARNIs, and I guess more recently, the newer class of drugs, SGLT2s, SGCs, and myosin activators. Looks like we've come a long way in our quest to find an effective and safe treatment for this condition. I hope our listeners enjoyed this episode. In our next episode, we will deep dive into Entresto, its mechanism in heart failure, and for the clinical evidence in heart failure with reduced ejection fraction, as well as in heart failure with preserved ejection fraction. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you.